0: This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your hosts for today are Summit Racing's Al Noe and Justin Wiederman with special guest, Cletus McFarland. Here we go. Welcome to the Summit Racing Equipment On All Cylinders Podcast. I am Al Noe, joined by my friend and coworker, Justin. Today, we are going to be interviewing a great American success story, Garrett Mitchell, also known as the world-famous Cletus McFarland thanks for having me. So first things first, we want to talk about how in the world did you come up with a character, Cletus McFarlane? It is epic and legendary at this point. What was happening? What went through your head? You went, you know, I got something here.
1: Well, you know, I can start from the very beginning and I'll kind of shorten it up. But I used to work for a company called 1320 Video, still a great friend of mine, owned by a guy named Kyle Loftus. And I always made these goofy skits and uh i was kind of the man behind you know either the cameras or the social media and stuff And kyle filmed me doing a funny skit and i you know he said we're standing here with kalitas mcfarland and he just blurts out the name and then i you know made this funny joke about you know being made in america and so is my car it was in front of tom bailey's pro mod camaro his six second street car camaro and uh kyle posted the video thinking it was really funny he put on facebook woke up to you know a couple million hits and was just blown away and all these that was like when i everyone just from that point forward was like that's cletus you know so i loved it it's a, and then i realized it's a lot easier to follow a guy named cletus and enjoy a guy named cletus and his funny you know random things than a guy named garrett i don't know it just is it's like One of those things, and uh, it just stuck. It's such a fun name to yell and, you know, Cleus, you know, I I don't know. It just works really well for what I wanted to do. And as I started making videos, people started getting really into it. And I realized, you know, this this might be my calling, is being this guy named Cleus. And uh, just started making my own videos. And Kyle from 1320 Video helped me start my own thing alongside my job and just kind of put me on a path to success. Just working ever since.
0: So you've been around car stuff forever, right? I mean, how did you get into this back when you were a teenager or even before then?
1: Well, you know, I, my passion for cars started when my dad was in an automotive business, taxi company. So being around Crown Vicks when I was a kid, I mean, it was like a dream to go to work with him on a Saturday and help Mo and then he'd let me you know, move Crown Vicks around in the, in the yard. And he'd say, you know, put these ones over here, bring this one in the shop. And, you know, I was probably seven, eight years old. My brother was four years older than me and him and I would go out there and we'd be, you know, backing them into each other on accident and just having a blast, but barely reach the pedals. And I got really into cars just from that tick, you know, getting me started. And then uh, when I turned 14 or 15 in Nebraska, you can drive when you're that age. And, I was out driving, saw some guys having a car meet, just pulled up, and that's kind of how I met uh, Kyle and all those guys from thirteen twenty video. And then when social media started rising, you know, I asked if I could help out and started an Instagram for their page and stuff like that. And just one thing led to another, and then one day Kyle started paying me for my job and given me more responsibilities and just did my best until I could have my own
2: thing. So you've had a lifelong love of Crown Vicks and it's kind of, you know, you've gone oh, yeah. from moving to moving them to owning a fleet of them, which is pretty yeah. neat. All
1: time paper car. <laughs> cool. People always say like, oh, please, you must have the most Crown Vicks out of anybody. And I'm like, no, my dad has me beat by years. <laughs> I mean, thousands of Crown Vicks that man bought and sold. So he's a legend in the Crown Vic world.
0: So did you go a couple notches up on his list, Garrett, from owning all these Crown Vicks? Was he like, that's my boy. How can you do oh, better yeah. than that?
1: You know, when I first talked to him about the race idea with all the Crown Vicks, we just thought about it. We're like, there's just no better car. You know, there's no better car for that task. And he had actually just sold his taxi company that he owned basically my whole life. It was funny because he's like, "Damn, I wish I would have sold you a bunch of like old cars." You
0: know, it just just worked out. So, Garrett, would you change anything along the way as you went through your path from being an enthusiast? Thirteen twenty videos. Was there anything along the way you look back on and go, "You know, I might have changed this or done this different or done anything different."
1: Nothing major because I really like where I am now. But I think when you go, when you become a content creator, there's like some really challenging times when you're small and don't have a lot of people to back you up. You go through this danger zone of not a lot of subscribers, but there's people watching and a lot of people are really, you know, mean. I mean, just like crazy things. I've had everything under the sunset about me, you know, and I think in those times I wish I wouldn't have cared so much about what people said. And just kept doing my thing, which I did keep doing my thing. But some days it does, you know, it can ruin your day. And that that is just such a small blip on the radar. But I see it a lot of times. For, for me, it was a small blip on the radar because I was always the class clown. So, you know, getting ridiculed, you know, my whole life was just part of who I am. And I, I have no problem dealing with it. But a lot of younger guys get hit hard in that danger zone. You know, they start to get a little bit of progression. You get a lot of excitement. And then people want to tear you down. That's just how this society works, and well, uh, I see guys giving up all the time. You know, they're like, "I just can't handle the people, the the hate." You can't make it in this industry without being able to just let that stuff brush off your shoulder. So, you know, it did affect me a little bit, and I wish it didn't so much. But I got through it, and that's a lot of the reason why I'm able to do what I do today is because. I just don't care at all what people have to say about me and uh, people need to adopt that because the internet is so brutal that you just have to adopt that mentality as you navigate these waters.
0: So, so anybody who's listening, be nice to Garrett. He's doing (laughs) his best. He's putting everything together. He's making
1: content. It's once you make it to like a hundred thousand subscribers, then you have enough guys who are like, you know what? I like this guy. Like, don't say that about him. Then you're good. Then you're in the clear. But when you're in that danger zone and you're young and you're new to business, I mean, I'm sure you remember when you, you know, you were first getting into business, something small happens and you're like, oh my gosh, like my career is over. Like this, this could be it. And then a year back, you look, you're like, that was nothing. You're like, well, why would I get so concerned about it? You know, so... Just gotta freaking keep your eyes on the road.
0: So when when Garrett did you hit that point where you went, wow, this is this is the real deal, and this is something I'm going to be doing for quite a while.
1: You know the real the real day that I turned on the whole thing and went from like you know because I was in law school and uh, just working my butt off to stay in law school and do the YouTube thing. The real turning point for me was I went to the TX2K, a real big event out in Texas. And I trailer, drove my truck and trailer and my Corvette all the way out there to shoot some videos. And I had to be back Monday for uh, tax law. And so I'm just hauling through the night, you know, been up all night, I'm driving and we got some delays and got some delays. And it was like, you know what, I'm not going to make it in time. And i had already missed all the classes you can miss. And so we unloaded my C7 out of the trailer and I took off. And that is much faster than, you know, towing the truck and trailer and having to stop and Cooper drove the truck and trailer at the, the time. I got all the way to school. It's like two minutes to spare. I'd slam the door, run inside, and uh, the professor turns on like a video that was an hour and a half long on tax law. Like something I could have watched from home. And I remember walking out of class that day and I just called my parents because you know that's that was that's my rock you know my family and i was like hey guys i'm just letting you know like this is it i'm done with law school i'm dropping out it's my last semester and i'm going full time with the youtube thing and my parents you know didn't have so much resistance because they were excited for me but i did get calls from you know my grandparents and stuff they're like you know what are you doing you're chasing this dream to be this guy named cletus on the internet like what what you know what are you thinking and i'm like i just had to make that call you know i was starting to make some Decent money to pay for everything I was doing. And, you know, there's so much uh, good support from the the people watching. And I just was like, you know what? I got to do what I want to do here. And definitely not stay in law school. Just started making videos every day and the
0: rest is history. So do you have any in all the builds and projects, Garrett? And we could probably spend a whole nother segment well over an hour just talking about the builds and projects. Do you have any that were like your worst nightmare? Yeah,
1: I have one that I feel like tops everybody's story nightmare story i uh we built toast our burnout car two years ago 632 big block all the right parts all the right stuff put a big blower on it because we wanted to go over to australia and compete in their burnout contest summer nets and uh we built the car pretty fast like we had to have it done in a month and a half to put it on a put it in a container to go to australia and you know the event is relying on us because we're promoting that we're going to be there all the sponsors who helped get the car together, relying on the fact that we're going. I'm heavily invested in it. The viewers are heavily invested in it. Cars having major problems. I mean, hurting the motor on the dyno a couple days before I was supposed to leave. Overnight in pistons, overnight in bearings, the whole nine, slapping it together, getting barely any sleep, and then putting it in the container and not done. So now i got to wait six weeks to get there. And then I'm getting pictures of the car at the port that fans had taken the car out of the container to take photos with it. I don't even know where it is. Someone just posted on Facebook. And like the car the car is in a container that's tagged. It's not supposed to be out of the container until it's in the possession of the event's hands. So I'm seeing pictures of the car before it's even arrived in Sydney, Australia. So like you can imagine my stress went from all right, this car is yeah, problems to like now, am I even gonna get my car? At this point, I'm like, hopefully they just steal the thing because then I can go over there and just drive someone else's car, you know, so whatever. They end up uh, getting the car. There was some minor damage to it from shipping. I don't even care because it's just third-gen Camaro. Like it was already a little bit beat up. And uh, we get there. We finally get the thing started up on some Australian methanol. Things smoking out the breather. Like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing's toast. You know, the crank pickup was given a false RPM, uh, false rev limiter, and just just problem huh. after problem. But we were out of time. They're like, it's time for you to do your skate." I'm like, whatever. I pull up, man. There's like freaking 40,000 people. It's our biggest event of the year. And I freaking light tires off, tip it in. Back of the car starts a tire fire. Huge, fire, huge tire fire. I mean, the whole back of the car is up in flames. <laughs> i stayed in it for about five more seconds. Motor completely blows up. We're talking, the, and I hit the wall. So we're talking 10 seconds. I caught the car on fire, blew the motor, and wrecked it. In a, in a different country that took, you know, three months to get the car there and us there. So 10 seconds blown up, crashed on fire. And I just got out and I'm like, at least we did something cool. <laughs> you know, So, every, the crowd was super fired up about it because it was really cool. I mean, it blew up made this massive fire and then this horrific sound when it blew up. So they were all fired up. But then it was like, we're there for another week, which was too much time for me to not do anything. So I freaking called up a, Parts distributor over there, found a motor, big block, drove three hours back to Sydney, got this big block, drove back, whole nine yards is we stayed up all night, got a motor in it, went back out the next day. The car had like no brakes. So I pulled up, I had no brakes, tried to tip it in, drove it around for a while, got walled up, blew the tires, and that was it. That was still good though. So the motor was still running after that, but man it was a freaking
2: battle but now look where it is like you have you know yeah now it's got, ropes, you know, so. big inch blown motor it's yeah. summer nats ready it's compete you you can compete with things like the killer bee or like that kind of yeah. stuff that's super cool
1: yeah it, but i mean man it was a freaking stressful situation getting it to where it is today
0: so garrett on the opposite of that Do you have a favorite car? You got a lot, you know. Yeah, I definitely
1: have a favorite. That'd be Leroy, my bodyless car. Yeah, that's That's pretty iconic, isn't it? It's just the one, man. It's like the one car that I learned to drag race in, the car that I rose with for my whole channel, the car that you know is most notable out of the whole group. It's the most fun for me to drive. It's definitely the most violent and crazy and exciting. Just when Leroy's running good, man, it's like that's the best.
2: So, from driving going from Leroy to the El Camino, it's Leroy that's all stripped down and it's bare, it's race car. Is the El Camino like getting in the El Camino? Is it like driving a Cadillac? Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> But I built it to be that way because, you know, I wanted something that was easier on us on race week, something that was dialed in because when we're on those big, long drag league trips, you know, we're editing every day and filming every day. So, worrying a little bit less about the car is nice you know i'm I'm always down for a party taking one of the cars it's more difficult but when you take the Elko, it's there's a good chance you're not gonna have to work on it all week which is nice
0: so garrett what year vet is leroy because you can't tell by looking at it obviously
1: yeah it's actually a, it's so it's a c5 and it's crazy it's 2001 it has this placard on it it says last car built in 2001 So I guess Leroy's the last ever 2001 C5. Wow. I I don't know. Increase the value of it tenfold, right?
0: Uh, You know, (laughs) it's (laughs) going
2: to end up in the vet
0: museum one day. (laughs) It
1: might, you know. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't
0: it? So Garrett, you've done a lot of different racing. And what do you want to do next? Like, what have you not done yet where you look around and the whole spectrum of stuff to race and you say, you know, I got to try that.
1: You know, I really want to go over to like New Zealand or Australia and race those Pro Sprint jet boats. You know the Ooh. ones where it's like the big lake and it's got all the paths and there's passengers going like this and
2: they're that's
1: yeah that's pretty hot on my list.
2: It looks like when them guys are racing it and you have your passenger, you know, your navigator going it looks yeah. like there's a lot going in, on in the office in that little boat. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, how does this guy know the route? Like there there's so many turns. I don't <laughs> I don't know how
1: they know the turns. I just I just want to go do that for sure. I love jet boats, so
2: now That's speaking good. of of overseas racing, I know you know went to summer nats and did that. Is there any skills you know? You see those guys tip those cards in and slide them like they do. Yeah. Is there is there anything that you know translates from like your drift? You know you've got recently into drifting. That kind of is there a similar driving style or is it apples to oranges?
1: Yeah, no, I think drifting is definitely probably the closest thing. It's it's kind of hard. I think there's a lot of uh, like just luck and and in, in, in uh, burnouts i mean when you tip a car over like when you're you know when you enter and you're doing like 40 or 50 mile an hour and you tip it in like there is a good chance you're gonna lose control right then and there so it just kind of is how the car comes around because the pad varies in grip all day some cars vary in grip and power and if you have issues i don't know i think a lot of it's, it's like its own driving set and a drift car you're really not doing that style of stuff just letting the car go wherever it wants to go but I'm surprised at how much skill it does take to like do a legit. If you went and watch like a pro level burnout in Australia, you know, burnouts don't seem like they can be like a skill based thing, but you watch like a, a guy, like a beginner guy do a burnout. And then you watch one of these pros do it in Australia. And you're like, Holy crap. Like that was amazing. Like that guy just, I don't know. It's just impressive. Like they, these guys do some crazy stuff. It's pretty cool.
2: I can safely say I've never seen a sad person doing a burnout. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: sometimes I just like when you're on a return road and you're pissed off of your drag car, I'll just floor it and just light the tires like a hundred feet. I mean, you shouldn't do that, but. Sometimes I just have to.
2: So recently, you've made your fastest pass you've had in in the you know in the El Camino. Tell us a little bit about that and how that's you know the El Camino's developed for you.
1: Yeah, I'm, we're pretty pumped on the El Camino. We actually found out that the rear end was in a bind last or yesterday. So you know that that could be a problem. We were having a lot of problems with traction. You know, like we make the car go sixty feet and then rah, blow the tires off. So we've just been battling that. It's not that there's a power is an issue or car has everything. It just couldn't get down the track. And I was yeah, like so I've seen. I've seen
2: recently you guys have battled suspension setup issues. And that's something yeah. important, you know, chassis setup is just as important as, you know, building a big motor or spending a bunch of money on parts. Having someone that, you know, knows how to set up a car and setting up a car right is just as crucial as oh, like yeah. essentially spending money.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, all my other cars have just been like stock suspension stuff. So to have a four link car and learning all that, I'm like, geez. Didn't realize how important this stuff was. All my other cars, just kind of put stuff on and try it. And if it works, it works. You know, this thing is like, if you don't have it right, it's not going to go
0: down. So Garrett, do you have any plans? I know that if you look in the automotive space right now, there's a lot of talk about electric vehicles. EV this, EV that, EV swap, do this, do that. Any interest in that stuff at all?
1: You know, I mean, I do think the instant torque is cool but there's a lot missing, you know, that like it's the fun part about racing is the sounds and, but I mean, man, it'd be nice to not have to work on my stuff much, but it would also suck to get zapped really bad. (laughs) So, I mean, they each have their pros and cons. I think no matter what the electric stuff is coming, you know, how long it's going to take to catch the fast combustion stuff. I don't know, but we're ready to do whatever. Like I think there's an electric car in our future. I just don't know how much it's going to cost. That's the thing is like, how much is it going to cost drag racers to build an electric car? You can basically make anything work out of a junkyard right now. So it's hard to say. So I don't know. I, I just kind of have been sitting back and watching and I'll, I'll do whatever is, is fun and exciting. And right now electric is not fun and exciting for me. So,
0: you know, it is funny because I mentioned we had Don Garlitz on earlier this year and he and other people have had a goal to go 200 in an electric dragster basically you know, you think about that today and it's like, how many guys go 200 on like drag week? I mean, it's just like a matter of course. And here you have Don Garlitz, one of the most ingenious, inventive people ever in racing, and he's struggling to get to 200. Yeah. How about speaking of people that we've met and people you've met? Have you met anybody where you've met them and said, "I cannot believe that I'm sitting here talking to this person"?
1: I'd say for sure, my biggest one. You know, I've always had a couple guys on my list that I wanted to meet. That'd be Adam Savage from MythBusters, Jeremy Clarkson, Jay Leno, and Travis Pastrana. Like those were my top four. And this last year, this year, I got to meet Travis Pastrana, and he rolls up to the track, and like I knew he was coming, so I was all excited. He came into the track and was just like, "What's up, man?" I was like, "What's up?" And he's just like, you know, hanging out. He gets in his limo and starts drifting. And I'm like,
2: oh my God.
1: I'm like, Travis "Travis Pastrana's here. I'm like, I'm gonna go get in my car. And we started drifting together. He's everything I ever thought he would be and more. And uh, this is amazing. That's just, it was cool. So I still, you know, I've done a couple things with him since, but I'm still like really excited whenever I get to hang out with him.
2: Let's talk a little bit about the um, Freedom Factory. Did you ever think you were, you know, Five years ago, did you ever think you were going to be a racetrack owner?
1: No, I, I knew about the Freedom Factory, but one like I never even imagined it as a a place for us because Bradenton Motorsports Park, the drag strip, we're always at is connected to the Freedom Factory, so I always saw it back there and I was like, man, that place is shot. I'm like that place is cooked. You know, you gotta buy it. it's abandoned, and I always wondered kind of what what the deal was. I knew that you know it had gone bankrupt and shut down in 2017 and just never clicked to me. But as you know, YouTube and the law cracks down on doing stuff on the street, you know, it affects your monetization, things like that. I really did need a place to start doing stuff. And one night I was at dinner with Victor, the owner of the drag strip. We were talking about it. I'm like, dude, that's honestly the perfect place for me to do all my stuff. He's like, yeah, you're kind of right. And so luckily the track had been for sale for two years already. So I called the owner up and we made a deal. That was it. It just happened that fast a week
2: yeah and you've certainly you went into it running so the track was in you know a little bit of a state of disrepair you've put bleachers in lights you repay parts of the track you've gone tenfold into this
1: i just love having people there it's like the best place ever for spectators it only holds a little bit of spectators it's such a small racetrack. But the people who do get in just have the best time ever. So I love I love that aspect of it.
2: And it's very cool to see someone like you keeping, like I said, a local racetrack alive. Because we've all grown up with our local racetrack. Yeah, it's yeah. tough
1: seeing them close left and right. So it's, it's uh, exciting when they do pop back up. I wish I could support more tracks, honestly. It's just... Tough man, going back to the internet people, you know, they're all complaining and moaning that these tracks are closing, but they're the lad, they haven't gone there for five years. You know what I mean? I try to make it out to every event that I possibly can, even if I, you know, just pop in for 10 minutes just, just to support and show some love. You know, Bradenton, we are lucky to have super strong tracks. But there's places in this country where it's not looking so good for, you know, their racetracks. And people got to step up and go out and support. That's the only way to keep them
0: going.
2: Everything starts on the racetrack. And if we don't keep those little guys around, it's like I said,
0: it's it's not good. Well, and a lot of people think, like they watch, uh, say, an NHRA national events. It's televised. It's on TV. And a lot of people think, well, I go to my local track and I don't see that. Well, you think of racing like a big triangle. That NHRA grouping is the top maybe 10 percent of that triangle yeah. the other 90 percent of the people that are at their local tracks bracket racing every weekend or doing fastest streetcar shootout stuff no prep events whatnot there are so many different ways though to get out and enjoy it and, and garrett i'm glad you mentioned that because it is important for people to go out and participate and go to your local track and when you look down the road and you see a track closing and people go oh that was terrible you got a great point when was the last time you went out there when was the last time you supported it and went out to see a race on a saturday and actually did some some things out there whether you race or whether you just spectate doesn't matter either way but that track's got so much overhead that it's somehow yeah. got to pay for yeah. and if people stop going they can't pay their bills so it I is know. most important to support your local race tracks We're real fortunate that we've got a couple tracks around us. But you're absolutely right. There's a lot of places in the U.S. that don't have the support for their local tracks. And rather than seeing these die, I think all of us need to be going out and participating in our tracks and getting out and supporting the owners. It's super important. And we can't lose sight of that or else they're not going to be around. So with Lay Mullets, I wanted to ask you, the last event, a lot of competition. I don't want to say a lot of controversy, but it was a lot of good racing, especially at the end. Are you noticing the racers a lot more smack talking, a lot more people saying, I'm coming to take my win, and, yeah. and I'm coming, Garrett, I'm bringing it, or are they still kind of chill and kind of a relaxed environment, or is it, or is it getting pretty competitive?
1: There's a couple racers who have now been out there like three or four times and, and gotten fifth to third place, so I think there's a lot of people gunning for lay mullets. I personally think I need a win. You know, I won the first Freedom 500, but I'm coming for a win. A Me and Bowman talked about it. We're not playing around. We're going to try and get a W. But there's a lot of good teams. So we're going to really stress this one not to be a crash-em-up derby and try and make it like a, a really sick race. So I'm excited to see what happens.
0: So you look ahead to 2023. Think you'll do similar events, or is it way too early to tell and you got to get through this year before you – before you speculate in the next year
1: well I think we have some really cool stuff lined up you know we're always trying to build new stuff and I think we're gonna switch from Crown Vic's to something else so that I have in mind so I think there's some there's some good stuff coming up. Just can't say anything about it yet. I understand. Top secret.
2: So obviously, you know, your core love of racing starts with drag racing. How, you know, how was your you ran both Rocky Mountain race weeks this week or this year in two different cars? Let's let's talk a little bit about that and how it is, you know, with your first one running in the Elko and then running Leroy in the second one.
1: Yeah, I mean they're two different experiences, right? You got auto car, simple but you got transmission temps to worry about. You know, we're in the mountains, we had brakes to worry about pulling a trailer through the mountains with a heavy car. You know, Leroy can, can obviously engine brake because stick shift pretty easily. So, you know, the El Camino there's, there's, has its own problems. And then Leroy has his own problems. Leroy is pretty easy on the street, but, you know, we had some vibrations in the clutch, so we had to drive at certain RPM, certain gears to keep the vibration down.
2: That clutch swap looked grueling, and, you, yeah. you know, you and Brent, I, I felt for you guys. It was really cool for the lift guy to come in clutch, though, when you had to pull it back out.
1: Yeah, luckily, Brent is just, like, a lifesaver, man. That guy, him and I together, like, I couldn't do without him, man. He's yeah, just, he's
2: co-piloted for you, like, a, a couple times now. You guys have really, yeah, you know, Yeah, every,
1: every Rocky Mountain Race Week, Brent has been my co-pilot. And then Kevin went on drag week with me, but Brent and I have done them all together. So we plan on just keep doing, the, keep on doing all the race weeks together. And we just have the best time, you know, cruising down the road with your headsets on, talking smack to the boys in the other cars. And you know, everyone's breaking down. You can't help each other. And it's just so fun it's the best
2: so we've talked a lot about on land stuff but one of your other hobbies is you know in the water you guys have jet boats and you guys are doing a, a jet boat challenge let's talk about that a little bit and the you know the differences between yeah. you know say jack Stan's big block boat compared to your boat to the other guys
1: yeah the boat stuff is so fun man we build those little mini jet boats thinking they would be a fun side project but they get more views than our race car stuff so we're like all right we'll, we'll do more boat content in the summer's And just did the $2,500 boat challenge, which we still have to finish next week. But, uh, I mean, I I really enjoy boating myself. So, to get out, and I think all the guys do. So, to get out on the water is like a really nice change up from the normal uh, turning wrenches every day that they do. And, you know, I don't don't mind getting away from the desk and editing and stuff to just go spend six or eight hours on the water. Who wouldn't? So it's, it's
2: awesome. Yeah. And it seems like you've really assembled a great team over, like I said, you guys got a new shop, you're over there got that fun paint scheme on the front of the building that's real oh, yeah. loud yeah, yeah i saw you guys had a visitor in your shop the other day a deer that was super cool yeah,
1: yeah. man this this place is a blessing I'm, I'm in the shop right now it's just it's amazing like all our cards are here all our tools are here all in one place We have everything we need all the guys come in and we just everyone's got a smile on their face it's just locked and loaded best place ever when we're we're killing it and just having fun and the track is next door so like literally right now i'm about to get in my ranger and go practice for the danger ranger 9000 so it's gonna be fun you know just pop right over
0: so garrett do you have any alligators on the property i remember another really famous person reading his book smoky eunuch and at his shop in daytona they had an alligator that would come into the shop and on a friday night they go pull the alligator out from under the bench and have wrestling time it's a great story if you ever get a chance to read smoky eunuch book it's awesome but I'm guessing, I don't know if you wrestle alligators, but being where you're located at, you probably have some on the property. And if they were out on the surface when you're in the middle of drifting or something, you're like, oh, man, I don't want to hit the alligator.
1: We've had one gator in the track, and it was a little one that a bird brought in. But other than that, I mean, the only things we've had in the track, um, we have a lot of raccoons. There's gators around. We have gators in the ditches, but not in the racetrack, only in the ditches outside and in the ponds. Uh, we've had a couple of gators removed from ponds on the track properties uh, just cause they had like babies and stuff. So it was like an infestation. And that's, that's when you want to move them before they get everywhere. But uh, I get them at my house, I get them all over. We haven't, we haven't wrestled with any. I did get attacked by a deer last week. So that was probably the most wildlife we've had. You know, that was on the, on the YouTube channel. You can check that out. <laughs> and then we saw, yeah, we did like, there's a gator in yesterday's video on the jet boats. So there's a lot of wildlife in Florida that's just around the shop all the time. It's pretty funny.
0: Garrett, out of all the cars you own, what do you not have that today, if you could say, I want to buy that right now. And there's always stuff, I know, because I love watching when you do a reveal like, yeah, oh, look what followed me back to the shop. And you have yeah. a boat or no, whatever, you know? I already yeah. have that
1: one dialed in. Superbird.
0: Superbird. Yeah. 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 You know, we, we drove, so that Tesla we had. we went down to Arkansas and, and we were dumb enough to drive the thing down there and do the charge along the way and all that stuff. But we get down there, we go to a land speed event. We met some guys from a place called the garage shop out of North Carolina. And yep. it's the coolest thing. They took a Superbird body and a Ford Talladega Torino, and they reignited the era wars on modern cup chassis. And if you get a chance, I'll give them a shout out. Aaron, the guys down there are unbelievably talented fabricators. I think if I remember right, the Superbird went like 224 in the mile and the Talladega went like 225. It was so wow. close. Super cool. It was really awesome. Um, That's cool. That, that car is one of my favorites. So I've always loved the wind yeah. cars. The Daytonas and Superbirds are just so cool. I know. I know. And to think they were like hard to sell when they first came out right oh, you've so seen desirable. the pictures of the dealer lots that they're all sitting there and all the crazy uh, colors uh, it's so cool i don't
1: know it just blows my mind like oh, that even makes it more desirable you know probably.
2: there's something about four foot of wing in a hemi in a mopar that just you know oh, yeah. that's that's
0: something that, that you just right. the wrong yeah <laughs> i'm all about it, it just like, so those, I put the smile on anybody's those things face are so long they might not even fit in our workshop i mean they're the biggest cars known to they're man huge. and those ads like two and a half feet onto them and uh, yeah, th- those cars are super cool though. I love this. Garrett, would yours be kind of a stock resto or no? You wanna you wanna uh, mod it and probably put uh, some ideas. on it. Yeah, yeah, I got
1: some ideas. I definitely wouldn't leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would do yeah. something
0: fun. Garrett, anything else? Any other topics you want to cover? We we've, we've covered a lot of material today. Yeah, no, and, I think we've
1: crushed it. So thanks, guys. See ya. See you
0: guys. Bye. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.